What are we talking about? Boobs. <laughs> no. Well, I'll talk about wishful thinking. <laughs> We're talking uh, about wishful thinking. Oh, my God. Thinking. I remember one time when we lived in San Francisco, we were getting Thai food at that place literally like a block from our apartment. Yes. On Church Street. Yep. And we were eating and we were like, yeah, la, 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 la. And then you're like, what are you thinking about? And I was like, eh, I don't know. And you're like, I'm thinking about boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> oh, good times. Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome to episode three of the Perfection. <laughs> this is the episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for doing that because I'm also like, man, you know what? What if it was a bad idea? Should we just bail? Should I don't bail? know. At this point, I'm going to say thank you to our patreon supporters thank you so much thank you you are all soldiers of love and justice (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) i mean i am overwhelmed by the love and support on our patreon wow wow guys we are so close to getting hannah gelb to quit her job (laughs) and then just come and do the podcast with me then we can make a video element then we can have fandom podcasts that aren't just about mental health you know we We can can also just talk about genre just those hard-hitting questions like game of thrones is ending (gasps) i know oh shit i have season two of killing eve's coming dude ah yeah i'm afraid okay okay maybe too yeah okay of course you're afraid because season how can they how can they be together Season one of Killing Eve was perfect. Killing Eve is the most important show I've ever seen, (laughs) period. Season one was perfect. Here comes season two. What's going to happen? How could they make mm. it? If they make a whole other season, is it going to ruin it? Dude, this is... Oh, you're doing this on purpose. Huh? Are you tying this into perfectionism? No. You're like, if the second season isn't as good as the first season, the whole show means nothing to me. Whoa, I just totally... You're right. That is perfect. Yeah, no, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, you're is right. Is there any part of our lives that's safe? From perfectionism? <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. Uh, I but, don't... you know, I hear what you're saying, though. <laughs> Speaking of parts of our lives, today on the- Days of Our Lives? Days of you Our know, Lives. You know, Jensen Knuckles was on that show once. <laughs> Last week on Analyze This, full disclosure- Everybody, I have had a couple glasses of wine before today's extra special episode. I want to do a podcast like one-off where it's just my drunk podcast and we just get really tipsy and talk about whatever we want. I'm I'm like, is that okay to do for the youth? I don't know, but we're adults, so. That's a good hope and dream. I think we should do that. I think it's a good one. Last week we ended with a question about Sam and Dean Winchester's dad. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about dads. What's their dad like? Oh, God. Is it a spoiler or is it like, you can't even say it? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Is their dad God? Is their dad Jesus? He's a God. I think he's one of those, you know, how, you know how sons and dads are weird? Well, everyone's weird. I feel like he is very godlike in the eyes of his sons. More so mm. Dean. Sam's definitely always been more rebellious and mm. not happy with his dad's choices. But also he was like very much gone a lot of the time. So kind of Dean raised Sam pretty much. 
And it's just the most beautiful show in the world. What can I say? So Dean is the one that wants the dad's love. Sam is the one who's kind of like, fuck dad, you raised me. Oh my God. You, yes, that is exactly what it is. That's- and it's so beautiful because Dean is like, puts on this like tough front 100% of the time, but he has so many intense emotions. He's like a live wire person. Oof. And then Sam's like, all of his emotions are like buried way deep and he's like super intellectual. Like he's the one who does all the research mm. and like makes all these like connections, mm. and like figure shit out. Mm. But when they're not together, they can't work. Like if <gasps> they, the only reason everything works because they're like the perfect team doing what? Hunting demons, vampires, monsters, whatever. It's so good. No, literally, you know what I love about this show? Every episode is a 42 minute setup for them to have an emotional conversation. Men. It's like, it doesn't matter what monster it is. It's just about, so they can be like, Man, you lied to me. Oh, my God. You know? It's the best. It's the best. I particularly enjoy when male protagonists are allowed to have feelings. Dude, there's a lot of beautiful feelings. Yeah. You know I don't like shows without feelings. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what do you- I yeah. don't like a day without feelings. No. And neither do I, which is why here today on Analyze This, we're going to be talking about the past. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so last week we uh, figured out the cycle of perfectionism. We explored it. We dissected it. And this week we are going to be talking about why. Uh, to recap. Oh. To recap. To recall. <laughs> as I recall in this recap, listen closely. Last week we talked about um, what it is we use to judge our self-worth. For me, it was utility, performance, product, making sure that I am uh, being valuable, that I am providing. For me, it is being a uh, being special, completing things that I want to complete. And those things you complete are special. <laughs> special. What a toxic word. Uh, I would say special and perfect are both really toxic words. Yeah. You know? Word. Yeah. You don't have to be special to be special to someone. All right. It's everyone special to somebody. Isn't that a song? Everybody special <laughs> to someone. Probably. You know what song I hate? You're nobody till somebody loves you. Oh, that is. Okay. Here's That's the thing. Some Rat Pack era Let bullshit. me say, uh, but like even today, dude, pop songs have terrible messages. I sound so old right now. Oh my God. I'm just saying, if you try and like live love through like how songs describe it, it's like, Oh, oh that's not healthy at all. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. They do have terrible messages. Once, I, uh, there's a song right now by Zara Larson, Zara Larson, something like that. Zara Larson. That's called "Ruin My Life," and it's like, I want you to ruin my life, ruin my life, something like that. Dude, what? Oh yeah, T Swizz. Like, don't blame me. Love made me crazy. If it doesn't, you ain't doing it right. <gasps> if you have a healthy, stable, balanced relationship, you know what? It's not real love. You need some fucking crazy ass shit in there. It's well, like, no, you don't actually. Yeah. And the good news is, though, that everyone actually does have crazy ass shit in there. So that's why today we want to talk about some of the things. If you've been following along with the perfectionism series and you think you yourself might be a perfectionist and are wondering. If you think you might be crazy. Welcome. You're live. And if you're wondering, well, why am I like this? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. This is where the module fails us. Because, guys, I'm not going to lie. This perfectionism module is poorly written, (laughs) vague, and oddly, like, elitist. Like, a little bit, like, waspy, like, you know, Mm -mm. like, oh, blah. Mm -mm. You know, not that those aren't real things. But uh, I'm just going to say that, like, if you're reading through it online and you're like, it really just scratches the surface. It doesn't go very deep. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think you can get into trouble when you start asking yourself why things. 
like just the same as if you're like arguing with someone or having a conversation. They're like, why did you do that? You're like, oh, it's not a good question to ask and you're not going to have a good answer. A lot of the time we don't understand why we do things. We're so complex. There are so many chemicals exploding in your body at every moment of the day. Sometimes if it's like just causing you pain, it's better to just be like, I don't really know why, but I can still respond to the situation in a helpful way. It's like friend A, I'm in pain. Friend B, why? That maybe it doesn't feel great. Sometimes it's like, I'm in pain. It's like, will you tell me more? Hmm. Because why is such a burdensome question? Uh, yeah. My mom used to say, why is a loop question? Because it never ends. You can, mm. only, you can ask why forever mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, ever and mm-hmm. ever and ever. Because mm-hmm. the why isn't, at what point does why lose its usefulness? Right. And I feel like this is something I'm really realizing because I was obsessed with why. Like, yeah. I'm always obsessed with why. I want to like, I'm like, what is the point? Of even being better if I don't know where it's coming from. Like, I have to get it down to its, like, lepton parts. That's, like, gotten easier to let go of a little bit. Lepton parts? Yeah, you know leptons? No, what are leptons? They're subatomic particles. I felt attracted to you for, like, the <laughs> first time ever. You know, they're, they've been, like, discovered in our lifetime, I'm pretty sure. I think when I took chemistry in high yeah. school, it was... Still like protons, neutrons, electrons. That's it. <laughs> Anyways, I'm old. Oh my god, leptons, baby. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I feel like there's a pun there. You know, leptons more like sleptons because we slept on knowing they exist. <laughs> that- Probably gonna get so many tweets that are like, "You are not correct about what a lepton is." And then you'll be like, "Hey, thanks, man. Now I get it. Cool. Right on." Okay, guys, so here are some examples of what reinforces perfectionism, what in society reinforces perfectionism, what in our lives have reinforced perfectionist messages that allow us to get kind of the reward and satisfaction feeling, but at what cost, right? You know, we're chasing that that dragon. It's like if you had never, (laughs) if you were an alien and you found meatloaf and you cut open the meatloaf and you'd never been to earth before, and then someone being like, what's in that meatloaf? You know what? Maybe this is not a good metaphor. I'm just saying, it's really hard <laughs> to pinpoint this stuff, especially- No, wait. Here. I'll be the <laughs> alien. I'll be the alien. Ask me what's in the meatloaf, okay? okay. Uh, meatloaf open. What is in that meatloaf, alien? Why? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's true. What is in the meatloaf is why. That's going to be the name of this episode. Let's cut open our meatloaf. What is in the meatloaf? So we're going to be talking about actions, ideas, et cetera, that reinforce these perfectionistic tendencies. So we're going to be talking about two types of reinforcement. External reinforcement, which is the reinforcement by others that may contribute to the belief that you need to continue to be perfectionistic in order to achieve and be accepted. And the other are internally driven reinforcements. I got to tell you, dude, fuck it, man. <laughs> Myself, I could be choosing to forget things, but I feel like mine is, I'm like 80% internally reinforced because that's always been, okay, sorry. We'll get to this later. Let's start with external reinforcement. For example, grades received in school, teachers praise, which as we know is highly impacted by our imperial white supremacist society. So it's really not fair for anyone to feel bad about anything. When you come out of the womb, you they're like, oh, good, you're breathing. Now it's time to rank you. 
Yeah. In school, you are like a number. You're immediately ranked. You're ranked. There were 800 people in my graduating class. And I know how many people I did better than in terms of grade point average, you know? And like, that's shitty. No one should know that. What's Mm -hmm. the point of knowing that? Mm -hmm. One of the first ways we experience external reinforcement growing up is in terms of school or grades or praise. This is what we're calling direct learning, reward and positive reinforcement. Positive reinforcement. Mm. You got an A, somebody's happy. And you want to chase that feeling. You do, I guess. Is that what this is saying? It's just a saying like you want to chase the high of the gratification. Yeah. Although that just seems too simple to me. I'm like, that doesn't... I feel like if you're like, oh, I got an A and someone's like, good job. Yeah. I don't think you would be like, I always have to get an A. I feel like there has to be some other... Well, here's my theory. Ready? My theory is that the reinforcement is making up, is touching on something that's lacking. If you're a perfectionist, there was something that wasn't tended to that one of these systems of reinforcement fulfilled. Ah. See what I'm saying? Mm. With the external reinforcement, the reward and positive reinforcement fulfilled something in you that was lacking. That's what I think. Because I know for me, Getting attention felt like I existed. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, doing well in school, not really having to try. I was just really lucky. Like, my parents taught me to read when I was really young. You know, that was such a huge advantage. I always got, like, good marks. And also, like, people were like, Hannah is like, a very sunny disposition in our classroom. Like, la, la, la. And I'm sure that, like, over time, I was like, if I am never not those things, like, bad news. But why? Exactly. So so let's talk about external reinforcement, positive reinforcement. I think we've all heard about this. You know, it's like people talk about negative attention getting devices and positive reinforcement, which is praising someone for something they've done. Here's where I think we fucked up. I think that we praise the thing for its exceptionalism, not that it was done at all. What if you praise someone for murdering somebody? I don't know. <laughs> Is that? I'm just saying. Are you stemming from a real life example of someone you were happy someone else? I'm just saying. I think. I just. I'm just saying. When (laughs) no, I'm saying we think of like I think of positive reinforcement as how I would probably like to be reinforced. However, I think bad things can be encouraged with positive reinforcement, like obsessing about like your scores, like in school, or like your sports scores, or like having to be the best all the time at everything. Like that's what we're talking about, I guess. I think standards are dumb. Anyways, thank you for coming <laughs> to my TED Talk. We're just animals. Like, you do not have to be good, as Mary Oliver says. Yeah. I feel like because we have a system based on ranking, grading, saying this was done the best. This was done good. This was done well. This was done fine. This was turned in. This is a failure. Mm. Because of that model... I feel like I I can only speak to myself personally, but for me, school was someplace I got a lot of reinforcement, not because of my grades, but because I got attention. I got attention from my teachers. You know, I had a single mom. Like my teachers would take time to sit with me and talk with me if I was underperforming in some way. They would express concern. And that technically like negative reinforcement felt so good. Mm. just concern, Mm -hmm. existence, Mm -hmm. reflection, all of that stuff that you need to do like to a baby 
to let them know that they're alive and to start to introduce them to humanity. Mm-hmm. So I think that for me, a lot of my perfectionism as a, as a product-based utility stems from the recognition, the worthwhileness, the presence I felt from my teachers at school, these adults that took care of me in a good way. Mm-hmm. But it was only if something exceptional was happening. Oh, only if it was like really great or like really concerning. Right. Because if it was par, why would they need to pull me aside? The achieving of the thing, turning in all my homework, getting a B on a test, getting just getting it done wasn't rewarding because my reward wasn't the work. My reward was the attention I got. So if I did zeros, I got attention. And if I did hundreds, I got attention. But everything in between left me alone. Dang, dude. But, and that's great to realize. That's great to realize. It really is. Because uh, I think that for me, my perfectionism stems from loneliness. Ooh. Wow. I love that, dude. I'm not happy about it, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't love it. I love, say, what, I love yeah. all the things you're saying. Yeah. Man, you know, I just realized something. My part of my perfectionism comes from just going through our system as a child and having that structure and like reward system. And then all of a sudden when you're not in school anymore, you're like, how do I know how I'm doing? There's no system anymore. Right. Like, and then all of a sudden like, as a fully grown adult, they're like, why aren't you happy? And you're like, since when was happiness the goal? <laughs> so I think I find ways to fail or part. that's part of it. It's like, I feel like I had a really hard time. I still have a hard time like deciding what my values are. So I'm like, I guess I'll use these arbitrary ones of markers of success that are like, honestly, I don't think I care about, but I'm too afraid to like let go of them because that's the structure that's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the structure that I had my whole life mm-hmm. until I was 22. And then it's like, oh, good job, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> By the way, money doesn't mean anything anymore. I think money means more than it ever has. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, like. It's like, oh, do you want to pay rent? That's twelve hundred dollars. Like, what? Yeah, I know. It's too. It's it's too much. So let me ask you a question. In regards to your chart, let's try and figure this out. Uh-oh. What is it about finishing something, completing, quote unquote? I just think it's that all or nothing thinking. Yeah, it's like it feel like it feels. It's almost like a visceral, visual, like gut level feeling, like. If it's not complete, it's like a, oh, God, like kind of, almost like an OCD type of thing. Mm. It's like, can you think I back? will physically be in pain if I don't finish this? Like, yeah. But, you know, it's funny. I feel like if I was like, okay, that's what I'm thinking, and then I stepped away, it would probably just go away like every other thought and feeling, you know? It's like, oh, I forgot that I was, like, obsessing over that. Do you, do you have a time in your life that you left something incomplete? When was the first time oh you left God. something incomplete? Well, first time. well, what comes to mind, this probably wasn't the first time, but I remember like it was easy for me to do well because I had like a stable home. I was a child, was not working, so I could like do well in school without really, but without having any good systems, you know, even though I was such a procrastinator. So then I remember like when I was living in San Francisco, I was taking these classes at Berkeley City College. And that's when I really started noticing I just wouldn't do assignments. I wouldn't turn them in or I would like just wouldn't start. So I was like, there's no time. I don't have Saturday and Sunday and all of Monday to do it. I can't do it for 30 minutes a night. And it's such a shame because one of these classes I loved. And I love the teacher. Why can't you do it for 30 minutes a night? My brain was like, no, you need like six hours. And you have to sit for six hours, like working on it all like straight. 
Right. And so the reinforcement then from your childhood was that when you have weekends, you have time to get it done. Mm -hmm. You could reinforce this perfectionistic tendency to do it all at once Mm -hmm. by just allowing yourself the weekend. Right. Which didn't give you any tools about Mm -hmm. how to do it in parts. And also, like what's so frustrating too is I probably do work better under pressure, but it's like has to be such the right amount of pressure. Mm -hmm. Because if it's too much pressure, then I'm like, nope, giving up, not doing it. It's impossible. So I'm like, well, when am I ever going to get anything done? Like yeah. if it's. Well, now, now I have another question though. Is it, so if the systems that worked for us as children can't work for us as adults, is there any system that worked for us as children that does work for us as an adult? I don't know. I mean, they're so random and dumb. I mean, <laughs> our society is random and dumb. We just have our ways that we divide and categorize and like manage and organize and structure life are just totally random. It's not like there's any rule out there that's like, this is how humans live. It's just how we do it. So it's like, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I mean, there's so many factors. And it depends on the life you have as an adult. Well, the good news is, is that this question can be answered by examining our internal reinforcements. Oh. Mm-hmm. Nice, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Good, right? <laughs> Which we'll do. Right under day. Hey, buddy. <clears throat> I know this is really hard. This is hard work, man. It's really tough. And, uh, you know, I think before, I think that next time we do a module, we're going to have, we have to do it on like anger or something. Like, I'm just something really fun and easy like that. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Next module will be about puppies. (laughs) Yeah. Cats. You know, dude, I really think what would help you is if you kind of cut loose and maybe relax and do something really fun, like possibly record a video of yourself singing and dancing like an idiot to a Korean pop song. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Guys, we have a goal. It is a Patreon goal. If we get 1,000 Patreon partners, me and you are going to karaoke and dance to Knock Knock, the amazing pop song by the Korean band Twice. Wait, Knock 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 on my door? That's the one. I've been watching it conservatively like 60 to 85 times per day. And um, at this point, I think I know the choreography pretty well. And I can definitely teach it to you. I'm actually fluent in Korean now. Oh, my God. So, well, only if we're talking about romance and Uh, and clouds. Well, the good news is is that this will only happen if we get to a thousand Patreon partners on our (laughs) Patreon page. Guys, if you want to make this nightmare become true, you can go to patreon.com slash analyze this. Small caveat. If if we do get there, which I'm like, <laughs> let's let's do an abridged version. Okay, we don't have to do the whole song. Thank you. But we, we do. do. Have, we do have to dress up. Yeah, okay, fine. And we do have to finish this. Okay, here we are talking about the internal reinforcements that uh, push our perfectionism deeper into ourselves. Mm-hmm. God, I can't wait till we get to the part of this series when we're better yeah (laughs) we're like this is what i've been working on i use this tool oh my god i tried this and it made things easier i had a breakthrough yeah but because we decided that we're gonna actually really kind of peel back layers on stuff that's why we need to oh my god i'm doing one of the perfectionist things right now i'm over explaining well i'm right now justifying why in episode three it's important that we figure out <laughs> what things in our lives are reinforcing perfectionism. I'm explaining it. Dang. I don't feel like it's enough to just say this is episode three now. Oh my God, this shit's everywhere. It's like, oh my God. Wow. It's <laughs> like it's like discovering another dimension. I feel like now we have a sixth sense, and instead of I see dead people, <laughs> it's I see all the mistakes I'm making all the time. Oh God. But they're not mistakes. 
Okay. <laughs> Observation. You know, some people, let's look at Donald Trump, for example. President of the United States. He fucking walks around, does the craziest shit. Is he ever like, you know, that was not good. No. Okay, I know it's an extreme example. But also, I don't care what anyone else thinks about themselves. Even if Donald Trump did think that, I don't care. No, but what I'm saying is, like, you cannot explain things, and that's fine. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Yeah, I know. I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just absor- I, just think it's fa- I just think it's interesting to see how much this stuff is, like, Mm-mm-mm. you know what I mean? Like, in on itself. So, in terms of internal reinforcement, we can think about the things that we use to process information. Information processing is the way our brains make sense of the world around us. And because of the way our brains work, certain information gets ignored, certain information gets focused on. Fascinating fact, I think, right now. So, internally, let's use the doing homework thing as an example, because I felt the exact same way. I never worked on an essay in parts, I only did them all at once. Because when you're a kid or when you're a student or when you're growing up, being a student, being a kid, whatever, is the number one priority in your life. The tendency to need to devote that chunk of time as an adult doesn't work. This is not possible. It's not possible. However, I would say that it's also not your biggest priority anymore. You know, when you're doing art making, as an adult, your priorities are your work, your relationships, your household. You don't need to do six hours of art making because that's not your job. You get to just choose to do some. You mean like that's why it's easier to kind of abandon? Yeah, because you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to spend six hours doing this. Mm. So what? It's it must not be important. Oh. oh. Because you're thinking of it like you think of work, right? But you go to work every day. So yeah, art making's not your job, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but can it still have value? I mean, well, it feels, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't really resonate for me because it feels like, it feels important. I just don't do it because it's like, feels too important. Right. And important things are only able to be processed through your brain in one way, the six hour a day way. Mm -hmm. Because as a kid, there's very limited things that are important. Mm -mm -mm. So if Mm -hmm. item A is importance and item B is how I do important things, as an adult, importance And doing important things, you need to evolve. So it's something can be important and not take six hours of your day. Mm -hmm. I see what you're saying, dude. And as an adult, you don't have those six hours every day, sadly. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's what internal processing is. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, dude, you're right. Because when you're a kid, you're like, yeah, why would you need to think of things in a different way? That's the only thing going on in your life. But you get older, your responsibilities get greater, you have to manage your health. Health is an entire factor of your life oh now because you're an adult. It's a big one. Yeah. There's so much more. But if as a kid you never learn how to manage those things, mm-hmm. the internal reinforcement of your regular systems when you only had one or two responsibilities on your mind, it's harder. Yeah. And it's more stressful now than ever because it didn't take as much to survive in the past. And I mean like 30 years ago. I have a full-time job and I make like $38,000 a year. That's like fucking being piss poor because I live in San Diego. Mm-hmm. That's like poverty wages. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of ridiculous. That should be a completely normal amount of money to make, but mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's like not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are. Society has reinforcements. The external reinforcements in our lives are there. The internal reinforcements of ourselves are habits. Since we can't change the external factors, I propose that we focus on restructuring our internal habits. 
that's probably the only thing we have control over. Right? Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. But that kind of interrupts the perfectionist cycle right there because we can't. Like, I'm not going to go not work and live in the woods. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try and focus on the internal reinforcements that I have built up in my life and focus on changing those. But I also want to be, I have to really be mindful of what is an external motivator. Because sometimes I think it's mine, but it's not. I might be worrying about like my job or like not being married or, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, this is like a huge catastrophe. And then I'm like, wait, whose standards am I? These are not my standards, but they're just so strongly reinforced. So I have to be like, does that actually matter to me right now? So you need to focus on the internal reinforcement. Yes. The internal result of external factors. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's like, that's the only, you're right. Like, that's the only thing we have control over. Right. Because there is no, no Otherwise, is- you just, otherwise, I'm touching my head, everybody. <laughs> otherwise, we just stay caught up, up here without making any room to move on. Right. And then no time soon are people going to stop telling women, 30-year-old women that, to you get married. Don't, that you don't need to be married. So sorry, guys. That's going to happen. But it doesn't have to make you feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, it's so dumb. I know. It's so dumb. Also, yeah, it's just so dumb. Yeah, so that's the reinforcement episode, everybody. Let's just talk about something fun for the last little bit. <laughs> well, because after this, this is where the real, the next episode, Wait. dude, that's where the real work starts. Yeah. So our model includes this sentence, which I think, which really resonates with me. Some perfectionists can't recall being punished for making mistakes. And they say that growing up, people were proud of them, no matter how successful they were. And I feel like that was very confusing for me for a very long time because I was so hard on myself in high school and in college, even though my parents were like, you're doing great. Like, you're doing great. And I was like, no, I'm not. And then I was like, why am I like this? No one's telling me I'm not good. And also I think even now, not so much now, but like, even though every time I see my parents, they're like, we love you. Love you. Like, we love you. I'm still like, tell me again. Like, please tell me when I see me, just the first thing you should do when you see me is like, take hold of me and say, love you so much and you're doing fine Mm. you know and I'm just like I need that all the time but it's never enough right because that's what we got to do man we got to make ourselves have that but then yeah that's where the why I'm like well why do I feel this way if I still have these messages of like you're doing fine and we love you but that's another factor temperament Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Temperament. Temperament. Mm-hmm. You might have a chemical predisposition. Mm-hmm. Um, people with ADHD have perpetuated false feelings of constant failure and worthlessness. Yeah, I some, mean, some people are more prone to uh, extreme thinking. Yeah. And so like with temper, temperament, I don't know why it's so hard for me to say, with temperament, if none of the other external reinforcement factors apply to your life, be them positive reinforcement or negative reinforcement, overpraise or overpunishment, then you might want to examine what it is about your literal physical temperament that might lead to furthering this cycle of thought. Maybe I need to take vitamin D. I always say that. I always say that. I always, always say that. You know, maybe you're in a life that's totally not right for you. Maybe you need to go make noodles in Italy. Pasta. <laughs> God, I want noodles in Italy. Uh, you know, I feel like we should talk about something happy. For a yeah, man, this is a bummer. It's a bummer. This is a bummer. It's such a bummer. Uh, you know, but, so, but you know what? There's it's not going to always be a bummer, but we have to just push through the bummer episode. That's right. That's this is right. a bummer. I, I relate to that feeling about being praised 
but it not resonating. And that's because if we don't have a steady beating rhythm of worth in our bodies, it'll be hard to accept the worth anyone else assigns to us. Right. This is why it's so important to practice Practice. self-compassion. Yeah. Because it's like having a bucket. Mm. (laughs) What's in the bucket? A little bit of love. (laughs) It's there. It's there to... Okay. (laughs) I feel like my metaphor collapsed. (laughs) 